0: Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Sandra and Howard, good morning. Good to see you guys online. That, is, that was just weird. I'm using a software program that should not have that hiccup, and it did. My mic wasn't working, and I could not figure out how to get it going it is what it is but today i got some great stuff for you uh we're having a uh, really neat uh, two-part conversation today's part one uh having a chat with richard murray on the topic of jesus and moses good morning sandy we're talking about jesus and moses and some of the dynamics around uh, old covenant uh, ego moses had an ego didn't know that did you um talk about why the um he put a veil on his head um the whole mount of transfiguration thing uh it's just a really good discussion you know it's i don't think it's going to be the wow blam bam cool that's a brand new teaching i've never heard kind of thing but rather this could be uh an encouragement for your soul, like a a good devotional uh, message to listen to. So without further ado, let us switch to the conversation with Richard and myself. Uh, It runs about half an hour. Enjoy. I'll be back on after, and I'm watching with you. All righty. Uh, welcome to Still Growing in Grace. And uh, this is Richard Murray and Mike Zenker. We're going to have a conversation today, and uh, we're not quite sure where it's going to go, but we have an idea. So uh, it's been a wild week for me personally because I just moved three of my kids, two of them right out of the house, and the third one who was already out moved into another city. And we got no kids at home. It's a weird, weird stage of life. So, yeah. Anyway, and Richard, what's going
1: on with you? Well, uh, just surviving and trying to thrive, uh, do more than survive and thrive. And uh, my, both my secretaries are out with COVID right now. Oh. One of them's very, very sick. So I appreciate uh, y'all's prayers on that. And I'm sort of under quarantine, but I, it looks like I've escaped, uh, escaped. It. And I, I may still have some antibodies, you know, because I had this thing back around Christmas time. Uh, but in any event, yeah, it's been a hectic thing here, and. You know? uh my uh, one of my secretaries has been in the hospital for over a week, you know, with it. So it's uh it's wild. It is yeah, wild. We're,
0: we're hearing here in Canada that uh, it used to be a week or two, and now they're finding that with the new Delta variant, it's turning into a month long, a month and a half long stay in a hospital for somebody. It's like, come on! I know there are harsh opinions out there about this, and we're not going to make that an issue today. I don't. I want to stay away from that because that that's really yeah. bad. So yeah, I'm with uh, you. <laughs> all right, so when we chatted on text, uh, you're talking about a topic. so let's let's dive into what you just chatted about in a podcast because uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the topic. So tell us what it is and let's dive in.
1: Well, I think uh, the, the top of Moses but but really I think the best thing that I can say is if we understand Moses, we understand the Old Testament. all right there's a distinction you know but Paul said that a lot of the stuff written in the Old Testament was, was not things for us to follow, but were things for us not to follow. Okay, <laughs> the, Don't do what they did. Don't do what they did. Don't fell in the wilderness as they fell. And, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the nature of Moses. There is an incredible revelation about Moses in the Old Testament. But it's it, it, it's it, we need to remember that if, if we can understand the Moses dynamic, and here I'm not so much talking about Moses the man. I'm talking about Moses the concept, because Moses is transcended in in the whole Bible to something more than just a man. He's an archetype. He represents a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Would and you say? Would
1: part, you say
0: that? Would you say he represents like the law?
1: Yeah, he represents the law, but he represents the concept of self righteousness. He um. represents the concept of condemnation and wrath but there's a Mm. fundamental mistake a fundamental flaw in the in the moses story that reveals why he wasn't able to get into the promised land people don't don't remember that because it's not preached much he did not make it to the promised land because of a very specific flaw in his character (laughs) okay well uh let me give an example here you know uh i've uh I did a podcast on the same topic the other night, and I was trying to tell people the difference between uh, what they knew about strobe lights, you know, and, and then I've, I can actually control this here to where, you know, it's not as good as the other night because it was at night. But you can <laughs> see that right now. Now I, I, we've all seen strobe lights like like at carnivals, right? You know, you're walking through the you're walking through the tunnel, and the thing goes off, and it goes on and off, and it clicks, and it's disorienting. And you, you can kind of see it, but then you're looking at your hands and all this that, that are in and out, you know, alternating flashes of, of light and darkness. And those things are disorienting. And I think one helpful way to look at the Old Testament is to say that it was written under with, under a strobe light, whereas the New Testament is written under a floodlight. Okay, there's a difference between the two. Jesus is the floodlight of heaven, but in the Old Testament, uh, what, what Moses shared and what, what stemmed so much from so uh, from Moses was this concept of a strobe light. One minute, God is good. The very next second, God is darkness. God is love. God is wrath. God is love. God is hate. God is uh, healing. God is affliction. He's the one afflicting us. All right. Th- those things are, and it's disorienting, and it leaves us, you know, it Confused. to it, it, choppy. Yeah, a very choppy and confused picture of God. So we have to go back in with New Testament light, and the New Testament light flood the Old Testament strobe light. Because as long as we're still operating out of a strobe light mentality, we're going to be here and there, back and forth, on the fence, falling back and forth. And it's going to be a bit of a bipolar thing. And people confuse that. Atheists confuse that. This is a bipolar God. Well, it's not a bipolar God in the New Testament. I mean, it's bipolar if you... if, if you. Um, what I said the other night is, you know, instead of taking the Old Testament, picture of God and paying it forward to the New Testament, we're the better way to do it. And the only way to do it is to take the the picture of Jesus and bring it backward, pay it backward. All right. So then we we shine the light of Jesus onto the Old Testament and it explains the mysteries. So So, so, having said that, sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no.
0: So no, no, nobody should go back in the Old Testament without Jesus.
1: Exactly. He's got to be our guide. And you know, it's not like that's not in the New Testament on the road to Emmaus. You know, these disciples, they heard all these passages before. They didn't know anything in the Old Testament spoke of Jesus, except maybe a handful of literal, you know, literal prophecies. But Jesus comes to them on the road to Emmaus after he's resurrected and says, everything in the Old Testament speaks about me. Mm. everything in the law and the prophets and the Psalms and the Proverbs speaks about me. And I could just imagine if, if he told that to me and I knew what they knew about the old Testament, I would say, what, <laughs> you know, how could that possibly be? But then he started to explain to them where he was in the old Testament. And so they all speak about this, but in a very obvious way. Back you up a a guide, second. you just, you sermon. just
0: fuzzed out. Say that
1: again. That, that we need, uh, that Jesus told them, uh, what, what they didn't understand where Jesus was in the Old Testament until he told them where he was in the Old Testament. Yeah. And it says their hearts then burned within them and they recognized him. You know, they ultimately recognized him as, as he broke bread with them, you know, after he had explained to him where he was in the scriptures. I but find who, that so, so but exciting. Who,
0: but who allowed that eye-opening experience? That was Jesus.
1: Yes. Yes, he was the guide that, to use your word, he was the guide that took them back and guided them back and gave them, he paid it backward. We're we're used to the Old Testament to paying it forward. That's the worst thing we can do. We need to pay it backward, and we can appreciate the Old Testament for what it is, and it's full of prophetic, prismatic light, you know, it's shining lights at different angles on Jesus to come, but it's not the substance of Jesus, All right. But it's, it's, you know, it's pointing to Jesus. And if we don't center in the New Testament, that's why Jesus, this is an incredible statement in John one, it says, you know, uh, I think it's John, um, we've heard these verses before, but that uh, uh, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So, so, so so what is that saying? That's saying, well, whatever Moses had lacked grace and truth. (laughs) So, count me out. Okay. Well, hey,
0: but people are going to ask. But the law was perfect. So, what's the
1: deal, right? Well, well, the law was spiritual, and but and the to... word but is the word perfect not used? Um. Well, I think Paul probably would, would say something like that. Uh, I, I don't remember a specific okay. passage or translation where he says it's perfect. But he I do remember him saying the law was spiritual. Okay. And, uh, but but here's the thing. There's also the law kills. You know, the law is cursed. You know, that it, it actually
0: fuels sin. It's the fuel fertilizer for
1: sin. Yes, 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 yes. And that the law, you know, is and don't put yourself back under the law or you'll put yourself back under the curse. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's something. I, I think the problem with the law is that we don't recognize that the law was trying to warn us of the things that obstruct our perceptions mm. of God. But we overplayed that and we took we, we beat the law and we twisted it into something else. It was meant to be warning flares to us, but we turned it into death threats from God. All right. And we started recognizing his character it's like a fireman saying, you know, don't don't do this hazard or you're putting your you're putting your house at stake. Well, so we turn it into, hey, the fireman said he was going to burn our house down if we didn't do what he told us. All right. well that well that's essentially what's going going on there so um, Jesus time and time again tried to minimize the idolatry of Moses you know that uh, he didn't want them idolizing him you know he said uh, one is here greater than Moses Moses was trying to see my day all right and uh, uh, was the manna you know he said the manna he said barely I tell you the manna that Moses, uh, fed them with was not the manna from heaven. I am the true manna from heaven. Time mm. and time again, he was showing how, how much Moses was just not there. Moses was pointing to him, but Moses was not the real thing. So I had this incredible question. I think it's an incredible question because a friend of mine sent it to me on Facebook, and then I spent some time answering it. But he asked me to explain if if that if Jesus doesn't advocate violence, why does it say that The Old Testament saints in Hebrews 11, some of them operated in violence by faith. Well, I I thought, I got to say, I really felt the Spirit lead me through the answer. I'm going to give you an example from Moses' life that is absolutely stunning. Hmm. There is an act in Moses' life where he, at the same time, the same exact second, did a miracle, and yet he sinned in the miracle that he did. He operated by faith on the miracle part of it, but he also operated in sin by what he did beyond the miracle. What he did, he didn't do the miracle in the right tone. Mm. And this is what I'm sure, you know, that you, that because we talked a little bit about it, that you knew that I was going to talk about when Moses struck the rock. Yep. All right. So, so God tells, get this, the people are in the, in the wilderness and uh, they're, they're starving, uh, dying of thirst. So God tells Moses, speak to the rock and water will flow forth and they will quench and slake their thirst. All right. Well, Moses sits there and he sees the complaining people and they're, they're, you know, they're bitching at him and they're complaining and they're doing all this. And he Mm -hmm. says, how long must God and I put up with you rebels?
0: Ooh, Ooh, that phrase. Ooh.
1: So, so he says, how long must God and I put up with you rebels? So then he takes a staff and he smashes it in anger well guess what did god say no 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 you didn't you have the right tone there moses so i'm not gonna back you up no moses and moses was a mixed bag like we're mixed bags but we have something that makes it less uh, excusable for us to be mixed bags he was, more, you. he
0: was he was more like peter than anyone else i think
1: oh yeah 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 peter on steroids in fact <laughs> peter was more like him <laughs> oh. <laughs> but but there's a reason and and and, and um I'll give you a cheat sheet on the reason. The reason is that Moses didn't have the Pentecostal Holy Spirit indwelling him. Mm. You know, the whole purpose of Pentecost was that the spirit of Christ, him him having shed his blood, and I believe the blood represents his spirit, and we can talk about that some other time, because everything in the New Testament it says about Jesus' blood, it says the exact same thing about his spirit. Mm. I think that the blood is a metaphor for his spirit, and that what Jesus did, and he says, wait in Jerusalem, Wait in Jerusalem for the promise of my father. He says it twice in Luke and in Acts. Wait until you receive the promise of my father. Hebrews 11, the passage we were just talking about, about how can they be violent? Guess what it said? All Everyone in the Old Testament died without receiving the promise. Wow. So what is the promise? The promise is the infilling and the indwelling, the permanent Residential indwelling of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ. Yeah. We don't need to start thinking of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's another Spirit other than Christ. No, no, it is Christ.
0: It's Casper. This is, this is the yeah.
1: This is a part of Christ that lives. It's our touch point with God. Is the Holy Spirit, and Romans eight fourteen says the children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of Christ. So anyhow, we have the promise, which is why we can use the Moses excuse and we can operate in the Moses flaw. All right. But we, we, we can be better than that. All right. And not better off bit, Hey, he was the, the humblest guy in the land and he still was a murderer. Okay. You know, so I'm not saying I'm better than Moses in my own faith or in my own strength, but it, but we have the ability that to, we we can um, we have Jesus's faith dwelling in us and that's something he didn't have. Yeah, all right. through the, the faith
0: a, of Christ. That's right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and Jesus said, in, uh, I believe it was John 16 that, that that the Spirit, who is, he's telling them about the promise of the Spirit to come to the disciples, and he says, "You have the Spirit, you know, because the Spirit is with you, but He shall be in you." Mm. All right. So the whole the whole difference between the old and the new is He He's with us in the old. He He can occasionally indwell them, whereas in the new, He's to permanently indwell us. All right. And that's why we can rise above this, this, uh, this sort of this bipolar spirituality. So, so God tells him, God tells him to, to, uh, speak to the rock, try to imagine what that would have looked like. You know, God loves you. Speak to the rock, bring forth water. They're going to think think I need a therapist after this. If I speak to it. (laughs) guy's talking to the rock well we know the rock was christ you know but 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 the whole point is that how tender that would have been conveyed to the people then in the midst of the, and then they might have repented of their complaining and so might have he, seen, so he
0: misrepresented god
1: he misrepresented god's character wow. and you know why that's i'm not even projecting that on him because right after this incident happens god comes down and he tells moses moses you're not going to be able to enter the promised land because you fail to sanctify my name. And remembering in the Jewish mindset that the name means mindset, uh, nature, name represented nature, so that you misrepresented my nature to the people and you portrayed me as a wrathful God. And that sin Mm -hmm. is going to keep you out of the promised land. And listen, I think it would be foolish of us to sit here and say that that was the only time Moses did that. That that thing is in the Bible for us to see. Hey, the you know, Ten
0: Commandments were flying down out of anger. That was not I God's know.
1: wish. Sorry, I know. And listen, listen, on that very thing. God, Moses comes down from the mountain and his face is glowing because he's had a true I was, interaction. I you'd go there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's had a true interaction with God. He, so, but then it says later he puts a veil over his mask so that the people wouldn't see it. But guess what? The New Testament tells us. The New Testament tells us in Corinthians that God, uh, that Moses put the mask on because he didn't want the people to see the glory fade. Ego. Oh my God. you think about that? Because now if if they can't see the glory fade, what are they going to think that everything he does is is coming from the glory of God?
0: Well, the people, the people that uh, um, he did the rock tap to, and when he should have spoken, And when he said, how, how long for God and I, to me, that phrase is huge because he put himself equal with God. God saw that and said, that is not, no, 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 That's the, uh, that is the absolute misrepresentation. And so he, I think his, he got full of himself quite a bit. And it's embarrassing because if we're honest and look in the mirror, sometimes I have a hunch. All of us have experiences like that. If we just pause, look, and admit it, it's very humbling.
1: Well, and, and, and you know that I believe Moses, we each have a Moses. I believe Moses represents a dynamic Mm. above everything else rather than just a guide. but this dynamic works in us. All right. And you know, there's spirit, soul, and body, and we don't need to get too much into that other than to say that we're, we're called to be led by the spirit. But the New Testament, Paul talks again and again about the soul, uh, the soulish, the Sukiko's man, the man or person who is led by their soul instead of their spirit, the carnal man, the man, the person who operates by natural thinking, whereas the spiritual man is led by the spirit of God. And, you know, I remember it was, I think it was Meister Eckhart that said the, the righteous man has no reason to do what he does. And that, that blew me away when I heard that quote. But what it's really saying is the righteous man listens to the spirit. It doesn't need a reason. We were talking earlier about having to have reasons involved to forgive somebody, you know, and reasons. Let's go back and, and track down the narrative. And, you know, the Lord basically showed you that there's no narrative. I don't need the narrative. I, You know, I'm not operating. Sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so, so anyway, isn't, isn't that a great thing? That the spirit the, the spirit of God is in us we don't need the things that a natural man needs if we're operating from our spirit instead of our soul. So Moses to me is a type of self-righteous soul that's trying to, to earn that's trying to, uh, that's trying to force his way into God that's try, self-righteousness. You know Paul said the righteousness is you know that the righteousness that we seek is not the righteousness, the self-righteousness where I'm trying to be righteous. It's the righteousness which is of faith, you know. The righteousness which is of Christ. It's His righteousness. So once we get the profit motive out of it, and the the competitive mode out of it, and the self achievement mode out of it, the, these, the, then that totally changes the ballgame. Jesus didn't come. Jesus didn't come in the New Testament saying How long does my? father No, you know, Jesus said time again. I hold, only hold on, hold on, back up, back up. father think.
0: Back up, you you just froze and were garbled, okay. so just come back to that. Just as soon as you touch the screen, you, it garbled.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, I'm getting the notifications I'm having to shuffle off. Um uh, It was that when Jesus in the New Testament um never said anything remotely similar to the concept of, my father and I are disgusted with you, or my father and I, how yeah. long has my father and I put up with you? No, what Jesus said was everything I do, everything I say comes from me first hearing the Father say or do it. And it's his will that I follow. Mm -hmm. You talk about the difference. We need to understand in Jesus' name the difference between Jesus and Moses. That Jesus was the spiritual man. Moses was the carnal man, all right? And Moses was the best carnal man in the land, the humblest carnal man in the land. But he still operated in the foibles that we operate in when we operate from our economy, you know. So so Jesus is there as our example. We have the mind of Christ. We don't have the mind of Moses. You know, I'm not supposed to have the mind of Moses. And, um, you know, and it says in Jude, and this I'm, I'm going out of branch here, but it says in Jude, that Satan uh, and Mo- the archangel Michael are still arguing, are still, uh, not are still, but fought over the body of Moses. And I take that as a, uh, and that's when he died. Moses died on that mountain t- before they got to the promised land, you know? Mm. But, but I think we, we fight over Moses's body of work, all right? I think Satan and, and the better angels fight over what does this mean? You know, what What are we supposed to glean from this? So I think the angels are there in our understanding, are fighting with, with Satan, you know, whatever we want to say Satan is. And that doesn't even matter other than there is a dynamic that Satan is working where he wants to what? Accuse, condemn, and crush. And what is it people use Moses' law to do? Accuse, condemn, and crush. Absolutely. Even Jesus said, there is one that accuses you. It's Moses. He didn't say my father accuses you. He said... He, in fact, he said, my father judges no man. And he said, I judge no man. I come to save people. <laughs> I come to judge them. So, so this whole thing uh, about the Old Testament uh, stuff is, is to recognize what we should and what we shouldn't try to tap for Moses. Did Moses say some great things? Yes. All right, the, but the problem is not in the light. The problem is in the dark that he said, the, the, the strobe light. And we, if we refuse to recognize the strobe light, we're going to sit here quoting the dark flashes. We're going to okay, sit here now I,
0: I get it. Now I get your strobe light analogy. Now,
1: yeah. So, 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 uh, and, and and even you know Calvin. Not that this may be the only thing I agree with John Calvin about, but he said that the Old Testament saints were were children in their understanding, and even Paul said that they were children in need of a tutor. They didn't. They weren't spiritually developed. They weren't in the timeline where we are at in the timeline. Yeah, but so, take a
0: look. Take take a look at what Jesus said. He said nobody has seen the Father. Nobody yes. knows the Father. Nobody. So yeah, that doesn't fit well with Old Testament reading, like at all. Well, let's
1: go. Well, let's go back to Moses on that very point because you remember he once asked to see God's glory, and then and we've talked about this before. And then it said, and then God responded to him. Uh, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and you can see it from behind. But that tells you, right? so, so, so then, and he said, and then you can see my goodness. So we know from that, he asked to see his glory, but God responded, you'll see my goodness. So what do we know about God's glory and God's goodness? Mm -hmm. So when you and I love to talk about God's goodness, we're talking about God's glory. It's not some cloud we're talking about. It's his virtue. It's his nature. It's his goodness that we're talking about. So Moses could only see it from behind and at an angle. All right. We've been given the incomplete. Incomplete. Yes. Incomplete, obstructed. We've been given the full Monty only because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to unveil Jesus because even Jesus, before he died, said the Spirit's going to lead all of you into truth. You're going to be born of the Spirit because the Spirit's going to be quickening your recognition and your realization. This isn't some, you know, he was just using it as a metaphor. But what he what what he was saying is the spirit is going to start crystallizing these things in your understanding because now Jesus has come and shed his blood. He has shed his blood, he has shed his spirit abroad through the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost, you know that we that we can now receive all these things. So 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 the whole thing then is to see the flaws of Moses and to 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 learn to not do what Moses did Hmm. you know now we could say well didn't he do some good things yes he did some good things and and there's nothing wrong with looking at that but Jesus did nothing but good things so there's no darkness in Jesus and and in fact what does it say you know the old testament in Isaiah has God quoting it's God quoting in the full in in the first person I create darkness I create light I do both is there not okay my good Okay, because I got a notification. Uh, you know, Isaiah says, "I do, I create light and good, dark and evil." Is there evil in a city? Amos says, and have I not done it? But but in the New Testament, it says God is light. This is the message. The beloved John said, "This is the message that we receive from him, and now give to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all." And so, in, the, so and in the, whole, the Psalms,
0: in the Psalms, it says, uh, "I forget where it is, but it says light and darkness are the same to God." There's, yes
1: yes, it's like, yes. what <laughs> well and so so the, so the term I like to use is dif- differentiation that, you know that term differentiation it you, you know they use it in evolution to say that as things evolve they differentiate you begin to, you begin to be able to dif- uh, differentiate and discern one thing from another and that's what a complex the more complex we be the more understanding we have and that's really uh, in the Old Testament there's an undifferentiated understanding of God where people saw God and Satan, you know, that the Old Testament saints believed that Satan was in God's hip pocket. They believed that Satan was, was his alter ego. They believed that Satan represented that was God's enforcer. They believed that he was his minister of wrath and that he only did what God told him to do. And that's what Calvin believed too. You know, this is where I count me out on that. But you know, uh Calvin said, uh, you know, Calvin believed that Satan was on the uh uh, was on God's chain, and God would just sick him on people to, to bite and to chew and to hurt, but only if God let him. You know, but then knew- God's the cause of it too, then. Exactly, exactly. And and the only difference between Calvinism and Judaism is that Judaism didn't see Satan as a rabid dog; they saw him as a uh, they saw him as an obedient angel. Calvin hmm. turned it around into well, he he he's a dog, but he's a dog that God has totally got chained. And is losing, but they both believed that God was the one that was coming from God's hand. So, so, and now Moses. Now, so I think it's an amazing thing, Mike, to get back to the idea that Moses, at the exact same time he was exercising faith to strike in that rock, he was also sinning at the exact same time. And if he could do it at the same time, how much more can we do it? That's why we, we don't understand things sometimes when I know I heard God or I know God moved me to do that. But the whole thing was a cluster. You know, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You know? So it, 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 I didn't feel blessed in it. I lost somewhere in the thing. I lost the thing. It's because we're still operating in that sort of that, uh, that mindset that we, the strobe light. Anytime we start strobing, we need to, we need to say "Law, wait, pause and reflect and say, wait a minute. Uh, I've let my mind, my mind's strobing out. And, um, uh, you know, because we know when Jesus is, it, you know, when something is spirit given, we then want it to be spirit driven. All right. there's a difference, something can be spirit given. Moses was that, that miracle was spirit given, right? Mm-hmm. Even back then, but it wasn't spirit driven because he misrepresented the nature. It's the same thing with us. We want to be both spirit, spirit given, operate out of spirit givenness, but also spirit drivenness, but that takes a continual uh, vigilance on our part, you know, a continual awareness and humility that, hey, you know, I, my soul is starting to blink. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm rapid eye blinking here, you know, and and so so you know to go back to uh to the to the strobe light here. Whatever whatever we see, whenever we see, uh oh, <laughs> then I know that I'm coming. I, I need to re I need to re uh, re uh, center. You know, re center Jesus in this, in the middle of this, and calm down. Don't panic and uh, and slow down. And that's one problem I have because when, 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 I, when things get bad, I tend to then get really worked up and, and try to fix it myself. And I know by so doing,
0: I have no I idea what you mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, but in so doing, we have Mr. Mis- and, the, and, the, and the more exasperated we become and the more, you know, uh, worked up we become the, the worse it gets. Oh, so whereas wow. the, you know, and that's why I love guys like you and I love guys like Brad Jerzak and I love guys like Paul Young, because you know what? They just don't get worked up about stuff, you know, and, and uh, they stay even. Well, <laughs> well, for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, we all have mosaic days. Uh, so anyhow, with that, I know I've kind of just exploded with that thing. But I mean, we're, uh, hang on uh, to the
0: explosion because we're going to come back for part two. OK, right. sounds good. so let me let, we're going to wrap this up because this this is good and I want to I want to continue the conversation and folks can listen to it next week for part two, um, because I got some stuff I want to uh, direct you on and ask you about on the Moses thing still. So okay. let's just uh, wrap it up and then we'll come right back. OK. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a great conversation. That's only the first half. The second half we'll share with you next week. Um, I think that topic's huge. It dovetails so much into viewing the Old Testament better than what we have been told. And I think that's really, really, really awesome. I I hope you're enjoying this. I'm going to say hello to a few folks that are chiming in uh, howard you came back yay and sandra yeah i'm sorry about all that tech stuff that was at the beginning i am gonna try and figure that out i was hoping it wasn't going to happen when i switched about ba- switched back to my full screen here uh Rahil john good morning um and then linda good morning great to see you guys on so Join me next week as we dig into um, part two of this who is greater, Moses or Jesus. Um, uh, I I think it's a really, really good one. So, hey, let's, uh, let's enjoy that and share this if you liked it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for watching.